Hallelujah. Now, oh, somebody says, let's say this together, our Father. In the name of your Son, Jesus, we receive revelation that is found in Christ alone. There's no confusion. There's no contradictions in this atmosphere. We behold you as we see ourselves in you. Your name alone is glorified. And we are edified. Amen. All right. Let's finish following God's plan for your life. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's go to all our anchor text. Hebrews 12 verse 1. We, we have three texts we are reading in this series. Three, Hebrews 12 verse 1. It says, Wherefore seeing we also are, are compassed with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth easily beset us, and let us run the race with patience that is set before us. So he said, let us run the race. Second Timothy 4 verse 7. 2 Timothy 4, 7. Like I said, Shalina Hebrews 12, verse 1. There is, there is proper hermeneutics to that text. But for this series, I broke the jeans and I'm just using the text. Are you getting me? Are you getting me? All right. So look at the 2 Timothy 4, verse 7. It says, I fought the good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Who will God? Look at John 8, verse 12. I want to share something very basic with us. And I would see how I can cap this series because um, I'm definitely going to probably maybe pick up from this series in another title later in the year. Um, something around relationship and the local assembly. How to follow God's plan in your life around relationships. Someone will say, wow, I want to learn that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to talk about that. Maybe, maybe not this month, but this year. Look at in John 8, verse 12. And Jesus spake again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall do what? Have the light of life. So we said, the believer, um, we said that there is a fight to fight. There is a run to run. There is a fight of faith you must fight. Ephesians 6.10 says you should stand. Put all your whole armor of God. You should stand, stand there for. So I told you that they are finished work of Christ. And there are things that are ongoing. You don't say prayer is finished. You don't say fasting is finished. You don't say evangelism is finished. <laughs> there are things you don't say is finished. But you can say, oh, the blood, finished. Oh, redemption, finished. Oh, uh, I'm saved, finished. Are you getting what I'm saying? So there are things to be done. And there are things to do in Christ. But I want to share something. This um, Look at in Ephesians 5. Something very short. And um, we will call it a day. Amen. Something very short, and I trust God to make this make sense to your minds. Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, verse 16, or 15. Let's start for 15. It says, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. And that says in verse 17, 
It now says, Wherefore be ye not unwise, understanding what the will of the Lord is. So this morning, I want to share on something called living life with a due sense of responsibility. It's a part of this series. <laughs> that I'm, I was trying to separate it from this series, but uh, I want to keep it in this series. Amen. Living life with a due sense of responsibility. Now, why did I get that title? In Ephesians 5, verse 15 to 17, in J.B. Philip, J.B. Philip's version, it says, Live life then with a due sense of responsibility, not as men who do not know the meaning and purpose of life, but as those who, but as those who do. You know, says, make the best use of your time, despite all the difficulties of these days. I think I like that version. It says, live life then with a due sense of responsibility, not as men who do not know the meaning and purpose of life, but as those who do. Make the best use of your time, despite all difficulties of these days. So now, we said, in God's plan for your life, it involves you, right? We, we've studied in this series, we said, uh, there are different ladders. Um, when you're born, there was a plan that the world has for you. There's a plan that you have for yourself. There's a plan that your, your teacher in school has for you. There's a plan that everybody has, right? And we said that, um, in God's plan for your life, uh, you have a part to play. I don't know if you remember that we said that. You have a part to play. So to work in God's plan for your life, you have to be responsible. You have to have a responsibility. And many of us are too quick. Uh, and I'm saying this, I, I trust God that this, this will really make sense to us. Many of us are too quick to have, uh, to respond to disadvantages that we seem to have or possess. Disadvantages, some of us seem to blame this and that. Some of us, we grew up, and I did also, and as I came in contact with God's word, and, and as I started growing, I, I began to understand life more generally. So, I'm speaking to you, uh, to such that you, you might understand certain things. We live in a world where a lot of us blame so many things. We blame the country. We say, oh, I would have actually done better in life if the country was good. I would have actually done better in life if my parents were Bill Gates. I would have actually done better in life if I was born in Lenny Mock's family. I would have got it better in life if my mother was Beyonce. I would have got it better in life if, if I'm, I'm the baby inside the belly of Rihanna right now. I would have got it better in life. You know, we just have those blame games. Like, uh, the reason why, I'm, why I didn't go to school is just because I'm not Bill Gates. The reason why I didn't go to school is because I'm not Mark Zuckerberg. So we just have so many responsibilities and we see so many. We focus a lot on so many disadvantages. 
So, and the funniest thing is that you have to live life with a due sense of responsibility. What do I say? A due sense of responsibility. I'll say this to you. See, I am not talking to, I am not talking to just a random human being in this service or those who hear me. I'm talking to Christians. Hallelujah. I'm talking to Christians. Now, a believer is not disadvantaged. Hallelujah. No believer is better qualified to fulfill the call on his life than others. Some people say the reason why I remember me too, I, I, was, I had this blame game when I was younger. I said, I told my mom one day, I said, I would have served God better if only you were a pastor, if only you were a preacher. I said, we don't, you know, my house, I don't know, if, I don't know of your house, but in my house, we didn't do morning devotion growing up. We didn't do night devotion growing up. We didn't do anything. So I remember one day I was telling my parents, I said, I, you know, I, I probably would have been a better preacher or I'll be a pastor. Then I wasn't a pastor. I said, I probably would have been a pastor uh, if, if you guys had more devotion. I probably, you know, I just kept blaming things. I just, you know, just looking for excuse. They say, you know, you didn't even teach me the Bible. You put it, I said, I found Jesus myself. My mother was just looking at me like this. Wow. <laughs> no believer is better qualified to fulfill God's call on his life than others. Let me tell you the truth. A lot of us need to understand that there is always someone to blame for not doing the right thing. And, that, and that's life, in fact. Right from Adam. When God came to Adam and asked Adam, hey, what did you do? He said, it's the woman you gave me. <laughs> somebody that said, somebody said, that is why God doesn't give any man woman again. The man has to fight. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> because he says, you know, find it. It's not good. So there will be no blame again. I say, God is the one. Again. So God said, go out fight. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> so many people have... <laughs> I've had so many things. But you know something? Until you take responsibilities, you won't see the part you need to play. Until you take responsibilities for your actions, until you take responsibilities for your life, you won't see the part you need to play in God's will for your life. We're still talking about following God's plan for your life. Don't, don't, get, don't get it twisted. We're not really looking at a section that I believe you need to see and understand. You are going to be responsible for your life. Hope you know, the Bible made us to understand that every man, when I say every man, I mean every man will give account of his own life. When you are giving account of your life on the last day, you're not going to be saying, Lord, um, is the square I went to that made me this way? Is the parent that was born that made me, the parent that gave birth to me that made me this way? No, you're gonna give account for your own life. You have to take responsibilities for your action. Things you things we did, things we didn't do, things we do, things, things we do, things we did, things we are going to do, 
and things we didn't do. You are going to take responsibilities for your action. And it is actually time for you to start taking responsibilities for your actions. It's time for you to take responsibilities for your actions. Take your life as your own responsibility. A believer needs to take his life as his own responsibility. That scripture says, is live life in that Ephesians 5, verse 15 to 17. Live life with a due sense of responsibility, not as men who do not know the meaning and purpose of life. A lot of people they don't even know the meaning and purpose of life. You, as a believer, you should understand that this is the reason for my life. I've been on this series for the past seven weeks now, I believe, for the past four, five weeks, six weeks, I believe, you know, you should take responsibilities for your life. In following God's plan for your life, you will have to take a due sense of responsibility. Own up to your actions. Own up to what you are doing. Don't blame anyone for your actions. There is nobody to blame but yourself. The reason you are the way you are is because of yourself. It's because of yourself. God has always given man a choice. Every man has a choice. In Luke 14, verse 28, Luke 14, verse 28, Luke 14, 28, it says, But which of you, intending to build a tower, seated not down first, and counted the cost? whether he be sufficient to finish it. He says, which of you, that means as a believer, you need to sit down and count the cost. What is the cost of what I'm about to do? I remember, before I started a church, I sat down and I counted the cost. Am I going to do this forever? If yes, what is it going to cost me? If no, what is it going to cost me? Then I settle that this is for life. Hallelujah. Count the co- Look at this. It says, for which of you intending to build a store, seated not down, and counted the cost, whether it be sufficient to finish it. A lot of believers, they've not learned to count the cost of many things. Have you sat down? To count the cost of what it will take you to be a Christian and to finish your career. Have you counted the cost of how you want to serve God? I counted the cost too. I know I'm going to serve God. I know I'm going to be efficient in my career. I know I want to do so many things in the natural, do businesses, do a whole lot of things, get my PhD, do degrees to the point, and it must not affect my devotion to the Lord. You count your cost. I knew it. So so if you see me jump into anything today, I've counted my cost. But a lot of people... They don't know how to count their cost. They will just pursue career and say, ah, the reason why I cannot serve God again is because, you know, it's school. It's school, school is just, ah, school is just stressing me out. I've been a preacher 
before I became, before I even started my undergrad. I've been a preacher. I counted the cost. I've been a preacher. I remember there are so many opportunities I needed to take that you would have, I would have probably been working in the White House right now. I couldn't take it because I know I've got lives to reach. Someone say, ha, ah, but why? Uh, are you too happy I did not take it? Would you be, where would you be this morning? <laughs> Hallelujah. I would have probably been in D.C. right now. But I have to count the cost. I would have choose D.C. or Rochester, New York. <laughs> but I think this one is good. I, say, oh, I doubt it. It's good. For me, it's good. At least I'm getting to see Bro Godwin every Sunday. I'm just checking. <laughs> so there is nobody to blame but yourself. God has always given man a choice. Why? Why did God give man a choice? To make him responsible. He gave man a choice to make him responsible because he never created robots. You must understand that God did not create robots. He created men, men who have their wills, who have their desires, who have their ambitions to do things, and it's not bad. I think in this series, we, dis we study desires, right? There is no right to have a desire, to have big desires, to have big ambitions, but you just have to follow the leading of the Spirit, right? We studied that in this series. So God gave man a choice. So a lot of people are too quick to use that train of kill Sarah, Sarah, whatever we be, we be. No. For your own life, you shouldn't choose that. You don't choose, God forbid I choose whatever will be for my life. No. I have to make, I have to see what wants to be. <laughs> I have to know what is about to be. I'm not just, some people say, well, what's up with your life? I'm just going with the flow. No, I'm not just going with the flow. Why should they believe I'm going with the flow? So say, vibes and inshallah. What's that? <laughs> How is your life going? Vibes and inshallah. Say, Yolo, you only live once. So, not Jojo, Lulu. You, you, you only live once. Like, I mean, you're just going with the flow. This is summer now. Wherever the wind of summer blows me, he said, you know, John 3 says, the wind blew it where it listed. So wherever the wind blows me is where I listed this summer. <laughs> no. You've got to fake responsibilities for your life. So I remember before summer, on, the, on Instagram, I kept seeing memes. They say, this summer, I'm coming out. This summer, I am going wherever the wind blows me. This summer, wherever they are doing any party, I am there. This summer, wherever the event is happening, I, ah, a believer, man of God, Christian. <laughs> so we are too quick. To say, well, whatever will be, will be. God does not control your actions. You should know that. Look at in James 1. James 1. James 1. Verse 13. 
Let no man say, when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither he tempted any man. So don't say, God tempted you to, to follow the wind. This summer, don't say, God followed you to just blow yourself away. <laughs> Let no man say, when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither he tempted any man. But look at what happens in verse 40. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enter. So you say that it's your choice. It is you that is tempted. It's you. So you've got the fake responsibilities for your action. Stop saying it's the devil. So a lot of people you see, you know, we too, we've got into that blame game of saying, if, if it's not God, it's the devil. If it's not the devil, it's somebody. You have never accepted the responsibility. You say, say, ah, he's the devil. He's the devil. No, he's not the devil. It's you. And the devil is wondering. I remember I, I, I saw something one day. Somebody said, he blamed the devil. Well, me? I didn't even see you. Like, how did you, how, did, how was I there? You know? <laughs> so, when your desires start to control you, something is wrong. Something is wrong. A lot of people want to get things at every cost. They want to get. They want to. Tra- they want to travel at every cost. So they get a spirit the airline. You know. <laughs> they want to travel at every cost to Miami, and they are like, "Oh my God, I must go. I must go." And they go to spirit airline, and the pilot is telling them, "Oh, today we don't have a pilot." You know, they just hear, "Boom, boom." We don't have a pilot on this flight. Anybody? <laughs> I saw his kids one time. They <laughs> say, if you fly Spirit Airline, so they, so they, like there was a day somebody flies Spirit Airline. I don't know if it is true, but it was just a skit. There's a tomb. Hello, welcome back to Spirit Airline. Um, we don't have a pilot on this airline. If you want to um, donate yourself to fly us, you go please <laughs> step into the cockpit and pick up. <laughs> Pick up whatever you know and your expertise to follow this trip. Um, we will land safely in the name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs> I mean, who has full spirit here like here before? You know, is, it, is it that bad? Is it that bad as people say it is? It's not that bad. It's not, but it's, but it's somehow okay. <laughs> I don't think I'm ready to try it. <laughs> I don't think I'm ready to. The kind of reviews I've heard about it, they say when you are up here, something can just be happening, things can just be shaking. But you know, we just study no fear here. So, <laughs> but pressure is better than cure. <laughs> okay. So I say I will fly it and say no fear here. <laughs> All right. So it's your fault. He says in verse 14, every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own loss and enticed. So it's your fault. A lot of people say, I want to get this at every cost. I want to do this at every cost. I must get it at every cost. Ah, ah, you are a believer. It should not be at every cost. It should not be. You must learn to control your desires. I'll tell you this thing that will help you properly. You must learn to control your desires. Relay, delay why you delay what you want. Try to try to sometimes deliberately delay what you want. Help yourself. Self-control is very critical in living in God's plan for your life. 
Some of you just got to be patient. You just have to be patient. A lot of people, and we live in a fast world where you can just go to McDonald's, Burger King, and, I mean, if proper Chick-fil-A, not Rochester Chick-fil-A anyway, because Rochester Chick-fil-A is not as fast as, <laughs> it's not as fast as other cities. It's, it's so slow. The, the Rochester Chick-fil-A is so slow. But if you go to proper, I mean, proper, not Rochester zone, proper Chick-fil-A, while you are still on the drive-thru, your food is out. <laughs> you don't understand. They just picked your order at the front before you even get to where you will really say the order. You know, somebody will have been standing outside, they will have been telling you, my pleasure. <laughs> because Chick-fil-A must say, my pleasure. So, <laughs> you know, we live in a fast world where you need everything fast. Very, very fast. So if you don't, if you don't, if you, if you are not careful, you can bring those fast, those fastness into your life, such that you want to get everything fast. Also, September is coming now. iPhone is about to release something. Maybe it's about to be Oceanic Island again. You see, and the Dynamic Island you've not finished using. In fact, you don't even know all the fixtures. You are still watching YouTube to still learn more. Now, 15 is out. I think Bishop Pro is a, no. Bishop Pro, I think Bishop Pro will be out next year fully. Right? I think Bishop Pro will be out next year fully. Or it's going to be out later. This, I don't know. Some will say, no, I must get it. So, they will go and be walking. Picking shifts. So, over time, only they pay. So many, so just because they need to get it. Can't you just control your desires? Who are you, what are you chasing? Now, somebody say, this is a bad PR for Apple, sorry. I'm teaching God's word. <laughs> so, self-control, like I said, is very critical in living in God's plan for your life. You've got to control your desires. You've got to control what you want. You've got to ask your question, why do I want these things? Ask yourself those vital questions. Why am I going to do this? You know, such a question like, why do I want to walk here? A lot of, a lot of people don't know how to ask themselves the right questions. Why did I choose this job? Okay, why did I pick my laptop to apply for this? What's the excellence? Because if you, don't, if you don't answer those questions, that thing will control your life. Yes, personally, I'm chasing money aggressively, but I cannot chase money that aggressive that I will miss Chavis. <laughs> I can't be that aggressive. The only reason I miss service is because I'm in a meeting, in a church meeting. If you don't see me in a service, just know I'm in a church meeting. It won't be because of money. No, 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 no. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, you, because you must ask yourself the right questions. If not, that thing you did will control you and you'll be wondering, you don't have a hold or a balance of your life. Ask yourself the right question. Okay, even like as, as, as critical as a relationship is, some people just believe that it, it is compulsory that everybody gets married. No, it's not compulsory. There's no way in scripture that says you must get married. No way in scripture. 
ask yourself, why am I going to that relationship? Because if you don't ask yourself those questions, or who am I going to be in a relationship with? Because if you don't ask yourself that question, the relationship will control you. That's why you see some people, they lose their senses until an outbreak. So when an outbreak comes, they say, you're eating breakfast. When an outbreak comes, they will not say, oh, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, this song is forever yours. A thousand hallelujah, a thousand more. They will not be, you know, be so solemn. You just be seeing them in service every time because they've received an outbreak. They are trying to look for Jesus, the comforter of the soul. So now we say Jesus is the husband of the widowless. Jesus is the Jesus is not your husband. Go and look for your husband. <laughs> Even marriage. Some people just want to get married because everybody is getting married. Say because the biological clock is ticking. Some people want to get married, have children, and they did not prepare for it. Imagine having children, giving birth to another human. You, you are still a human, trying to settle your own self. <laughs> then you now have 12 humans. You know, some people pop babies like, like it's a baby factory. So, 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 <laughs> so you now have 12 humans. You don't have the finances. You are still paying, you're, you're still working in apply within. You're still working in, <laughs> you're still working in Burger King. And you have 12 humans. Your job in Burger King cannot give, even if you're a manager in Burger King, it cannot survive for 12 humans. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not straight shades, but it's just the truth. It's just an harsh reality of life. Hope you know what I'm talking about. Yes, Imagine you, you're working as a Burger King manager. You can't, solve, you can't feed 12 human beings, 12 children. You can't. So you've got to plan. So that's why some people enter my and say, "It's my children." See, it's not easy to have children. It's my children. It's my children. Can't you just plan before you get into that marriage? Before you even fight for the divorce, which divorce is not good. Someone say, "Oh, no divorce. No, no believer should think of a divorce. Once you enter, you enter. So you better not enter." So you should know what you are entering into. Just the same thing like marriage. Marriage is about submission. As a woman, you've got to submit to your husband. That's what the scripture teaches. So you've got to know the head you are submitting into. Before you go put your head into something, say, hey, what, I, what am I submitting myself into? Yeah, because that's the Bible culture of marriage. Such that the wife submits to the husband. The husband loves the wife. So I say, no, we are equal. No, in marriage, it's not like that. As believers in Christ in the local church, yes, we are equal. But in marriage, uh -uh. husband, the head, the wife, the neck. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just, I'm just joking. <laughs> so you've got to count the cost. Are you seeing it? You've got to count the cost. He says, why should you not count the cost? So, before you enter that marriage, what are you entering into? If not, the marriage will just come. That's why you see some people, they'll tell you, I was very fervent till I met my husband. That's a wrong marriage. 
They'll just say, I, I remember I was preaching the gospel some years ago to somebody. In, I was doing outreach someday. And these people were telling me how they were so fervent. These people were telling me, ah, these things you are doing, we used to do them before. They were now holding themselves and saying, it was when we got married. It was when we got married that, you know, we just couldn't have time. We needed to take care of the bills, take care of children. Really? I just said, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm done. <laughs> What's that? You've got to count the cost. I'm not forgetting what I'm saying. Are you seeing what our scripture says? Live your life with a due sense of responsibility. But a lot of people blame everything. They'll say, it's the marriage. Oh, it's the children that I have. You know, for the first 16 years or 18 years, when you have children, your life is going to be surrounded with those humans, <laughs> with the children. So that means the next 18 years of your life, you're going to be busy trying to raise a child. You've got to count the cost. So you've got to ask yourself, do I want 12? Can I take care of 12? Can I take care of seven? Can I take care of 24? Or can I take care of two? You've got to count the cost. Before you pick that job, you've got to ask yourself a question. Okay, yeah, this is my pay. Okay, this is my limit. Am I going to be picking extra shift when shift comes? Okay, what am I going to be doing? You don't want those things to control you. You should have a control of all of those things. Learn to control your desires. What is self-control? Self-control is the ability to delay immediate gratification. Self-control is the ability to delay immediate gratification for a more noble purpose. Self-control is the ability to delay immediate gratification for a non-noble purpose. So, self-control is critical. You've got to have self-control. Some will say, oh, I don't know how to control myself. I want to have sex with every woman in this world. If the woman says, hold on, I got HIV, you say you still want to go ahead, you will be controlled. <laughs> you will have self-control. Oh, you know. Let me be honest with you. HIV extreme. No cure. <laughs> you will be controlled. Immediately, your senses will come back to normal. Are you getting what I'm saying? You will be controlled. Your job will pay you $100,000. You're like, oh my God, I'm taking this. Calm down. You don't run at every opportunity. All your actions, all the actions, learn something that all your actions, all the actions you take as consequences. All the actions you take as consequences. That's why when you get married, don't think of divorce. Divorce is not of God. God never orchestrated divorce. That's why before you get, it's easier to break a relationship than marriage. In marriage, the will of God is that you stay together for life. Because in America today, the, high, the divorce rate is quite a lot. And that's because a lot of people are not counting their costs. Two, a lot of people are tired. 
Just look at us and say, ah, we've not been together for too long. Let's look for trouble and go. So they will now sign prenup and say, once we leave, this is the kind of property I'm taking. <laughs> Smart. Akimi move. <laughs> so all the actions you take has consequences. You didn't just lose your ministry because you wanted to lose it. You chose to lose it. You didn't just backslide or backslid or backflop because you wanted to backflip or backflop. You chose to do it. You didn't just stop praying. You chose to stop praying. You didn't just stop studying the word. You chose to stop studying the word. You didn't just stop coming to church. You chose to stop coming to church. It was your, it was you. So you've got to wash it. Some people say it's the devil. You know, a preacher once said, if the devil is as powerful as many Christians say he is, he would have killed everybody at once. He wouldn't be this patient living on. So he's not powerful. If he was that powerful, none of us would be alive. He would have just... Because he's, if, if you notice something around the character of the devil, he's very impatient. So instead of waiting for you to manifest or something, he would have just wiped out everybody on the face of the earth once. And So the devil is not as powerful as many people think he says, many people say he is. We've just given him that attribute to just say, he's the devil. He, the reason why he did not pray is the devil. You chose not to pray, brother. You see, the reason why he did not study God's word today, I was just tired and I just think he's the devil. No, he's not the devil, he's you. Take, take responsibility for your action. Say, ah, I was just rolling on my bed. I saw my Bible, I just, I stretched it, the way I stretched it, I just couldn't pick it up, I knew it's the devil, so I just slept back. Bro, you chose to sleep back. Look at it, Ephesians 4.27. Are you learning something this morning? Are you sure? No, I'm not hearing you. He says, neither give place to who? The devil. Neither give place to the devil. You've got a part to play. Some of you, the way you give place to the devil, you have, a, you have the devil's children as your friends. <laughs> you have the devil's children. You have the devil's children. You are mingling around. They are the people you even call your best friend. You're keeping them around you. You're watching devil movies, listening to devil songs. You say you're, not, uh, you're keeping him around you. <laughs> James 5 verse 7, it says you resist him. You resist the devil and he will flee. 1 Peter 5 verse 8. 1 Peter 5 verse 8. It says, it says, be sober, be vigilant. Even the abashing your devil, walk at him out, seeking whom you may devour in verse 9. I say, whom you resist steadfast in faith. You resist him. So you've got a part to play. You've got a part to play. So you've got to do it yourself. Mark 16, verse 17. So you, 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 you pray in tongues. You, you, it, says, it says, for so believe the gospel. Mark 16. 
Mark 16, verse 17. And these signs are followed them. In my name, they shall cast out demons. That means you have the ability to cast out the devil from you. So you've got the parts to play. So you've got to do it yourself. A lot of people, they worry too much. What does worry mean? Worry is a deep meditation on the thought of the devil. <laughs> what does worry? You are, a lot of people, they worry, they, they accommodate so many things. Worry simply means a deep meditation on the thought of the devil. So you can pray successfully with worry. In Mark 2, 16, verse 31, refuse to take no thought. Take no thought of this. You've got the parts to play in this. You, you've got to stand against worry, use your words, do all of those things. In salvation, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in it, but you've still got a choice to receive the free gift of salvation. You, it is you. Yes, Jesus has died. The gift is available for everybody, but it's not everybody who has received it because they've chosen not to receive it. The reason you receive the gospel today is because you chose to receive it. So you've got a decision to do. You've got a decision. You've got to take a decision for what God has called you to do. You've got to take a decision. Why are some people going to hell today? They are going to hell because they chose to go to hell. Why are you two going to hell? You chose to go to hell. Thank God you are not going. <laughs> so there's a choice you've got to make. You've got to choose to succeed or to fail. It is you. You've got, you see, you can choose to say, this is for life. Serving God, being committed to the work of ministry, praying, preaching the God is for life. You can choose to do it. I did the same too. Many years ago, I chose, I knew this is for life. This is for life. I say to you, that I tell myself, this is for life. For life. I'm set on the course that I must follow. You've got to choose because the will of God is not the will of man. Just like in Acts 12 verse 5, the Bible says, and, and, and prayer was made to God for the church, or to the, to God for Peter. The church prayed, but yet Peter still had a part to play in receiving. You've got to receive even in prayer. When people pray for you, you've got to receive it. When you pray for people, their will is also involved. When you preach, men make their decisions. So that shows, look, I'm showing you all the scenarios of life. You've got the part to play. The reason you are in this service this morning, you chose to come. The reason some people are not in service this morning, they chose not to come. Every one of you, you could have easily made an excuse and say, I'm not coming. Right? But you chose to come. That is, that is how life is. That is why when we preach the gospel, we preach men make their decision. Look at Ezekiel 18, verse 23. Ezekiel 18, 23. Look at Ezekiel 18, verse 23. It says, 
Have I any pleasure that the wicked should die? See the, the Lord God. He says, and not that he should return to his ways and live. God's pleasure is not in death. God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. But people are still going to choose to go to hell. So he demonstrated that intent in his actions. He sent his son. Second Peter 3, 9. So you've got a part to play in fulfilling God's power for your life. All I've been trying to say is, you've got a part to play. You've got a part to play. So, it's not, so yes, you are going to be led. Remember how we started this series? Yes, you are going to be led. Yes, there's going to be an inward witness telling you, okay, do this. You are the one that will still choose. You are the one that is going to choose. That is why it says, either at the year, let him hear. Hallelujah. So you are responsible for every action. So as a believer, you are responsible for every action. You are responsible for your life. Things don't happen. You make them happen. Hallelujah. You are the one that make things happen. Make things happen. That's why you must never be under any pressure to take a decision. When you see somebody trying to pray, you sign this document on time. Sign this. Tell them, calm down. Never be under any pressure to take any decision. Because your life is in your hands. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Your life is in your hands. Count the cost. I challenge you today, your Christian life, count the cost. Are you planning to do this forever? If not, stay with it. Count the cost. What's your desires in life? It's not wrong to have ambitions. You want to get married, you are married, you have children, you want to have more children, count the cost. Nothing is wrong with you. You want to have 24 children, count the cost. Would you still serve God with it? Would you still be effective with diminishing to the person? If yes, count the cost. Choose. Do the right thing. Your life is in your hands. The reason you didn't pray yesterday, you chose not to pray. The reason you didn't study God's word yesterday, you chose not to. Stop blaming it on, I'm just weak. I'm just, no. A believer is strengthened. You have the ability of the Holy Ghost with you. You have the ability of the Holy Ghost. So you chose not to use it. Hallelujah. The reason you didn't preach the gospel, you chose not to preach. The reason you are not in the right place you ought to be, you chose to be in the wrong place. Your life is in your hands. Every man, like the scripture says, will give an account of his life. So stop the blame game. Hallelujah. Stop the blame game. Stop saying, oh, my parents, oh, my this. Take responsibilities of your life. Have no one to blame. Every situation you have found yourself, you will find people who are in that same situations doing the right thing. Any situation you are in right now, and you seem to feel like, ah, this and that, there are people in that same situation who are doing the right thing. Some people think there are pilots who don't preach the gospel are not committed in ministry. It's a lie. There are pilots, sailors, who spend six months in the ship and they are missionaries. 
They are travel nurses who travel around the United States preaching the gospel. For every situation, every excuse you want to give, there are people in that same situation doing the right thing. And let me tell you the truth. They will stand against you on the day of judgment. So when you are trying to blame them and say, ah, it's because of this thing I did, there is somebody in that same situation, even in a worse situation than you. You say, oh, I don't have money. I don't even have food to eat. That's why it seems like I don't, I don't even have clothes to wear to church. That's why it seems like I don't come. There are people who went to church this morning with no shoes on their leg. There are people who went this morning to church with nothing, with probably no clothes. And they are still serving God. So for every excuse, if it is your job, let me tell you, let me tell you something. If it is your job that you say, oh, it's because of my job. That's why I'm not committed. That's why I'm not ready to follow gospel for my life. That's why I'm not ready to be staying with it. There is somebody in that same exact job. And you know, let me tell you the funny thing. The person might even be in your company who is serving God faithfully. That is always a judge to you. You say, oh, it's the classes I'm taking. Oh, is this, this. Oh, is that. There are PhD students today who are pastors. I used to say it to some to people. This I say to you, I say, if you were the one who was to preach in this morning service, would you create an excuse not to come to church? Answer that question yourself. If you were the one that is going to preach this morning, would you create an excuse not to come? <laughs> Obviously, no. You will see it as a responsibility. Or if you were to talk to 100,000 people, you will say you are not going. Oh. So you see that. <laughs> you have to own up to your life. Every situation you find yourself, you will find people, other people in that same situation doing the right thing. So where you see yourself doing the wrong things, not following God's plan, not doing the right thing, you will find people in that exact same situation doing the right thing. That's why the scripture says there's, there's no temptation that is common to man. Everything is normal. Have no one to blame. So I begin to close. Do what the word says. You are responsible for your life. You are responsible for your prayer life. You are responsible for your, your, your fasting. You are responsible for, for what you do. You are responsible for your study of God's word. It says live life with a due sense of responsibility. Never lose control of your decisions. Live life. Ephesians 6.18, praying always without prayers and supplication in the spirit. Continue in prayer. Colossians 4 verse 12. Verse 2. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17. Praying always without prayers and uh, praying always pray without ceasing. Romans 12 verse 12. Be instant in prayer. So it is your responsibility to pray. First Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the world that they may grow thereby. 
It's your responsibility to grow in God's word. You feed on the word. There's a lot of materials available for you. You listen to the word. You feed on it. You listen. You understand. It's your responsibility. Galatians 5. Walk in the spirit. It's your responsibility to walk in the spirit. It says walk in the spirit so you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's your responsibility to walk in the spirit. Nobody will walk in the spirit for you. You are the one that will do it. Are you saying that you are the one that will do the word? Romans 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You are the one that will renew your mind yourself. And I told you, renewing your mind must be very aggressive. Remember idols, right? Those, those wrong conceptions and perceptions in your mind, you are the one that will take it away with God's word. You are the one that will stand. He says in, in Ephesians, says, having done all things, therefore to stand. Stand therefore. Play for me, I close. Stand therefore. You are the one that will start. You are the one that will do the word. You are the one that will make up your mind to be committed to a local church. Nobody will be committed for you. Nobody will be committed for you. It says in Hebrews, in, in the book of Hebrews, it says not forsaking the assemblies of the brethren as the manner of some are. You are the one that will make up your mind not to forsake the assemblies of the brethren. Yeah, the one that will make up your mind to be in a local church where the word of God is taught, where you receive accountability, where the spirit of the Lord is giving free calls, you are the one. Some people will say, ah, eh, I mean that you chose to be deceived. If you go to the wrong church, you are the one that chose to be deceived. So you have responsibilities. And your life is your responsibility. You are responsible for your choices. You are responsible for following God's plan for your life. You are responsible for the decisions you make. I told you, if you want to get married, if you want to take a job, if you want to relocate, if you want to do this, count the cost. With that job you are taking, with that marriage you are entering, already in the marriage, and you are planning decisions, husband and wife, will it make you serve God? You know, there's that couple goals things, all of those things. Hope your couple goals will help you serve God. That relationship, that friendship, supernatural relationship, what's the essence? Own your decision. Take own your decision. In that local church, are you do? Are you growing? Are you fervent? Are you own your decision? Stop the blame game. At the last day, there will be nobody to blame. It says every man would give account of his own life. So stop the blame game. Stop blaming your parents. Stop blaming this. Stop blaming the country. Stop blaming this. Just own up to your own life and your responsibilities, your actions. Face it. Like I said, for every excuse you thought you have made, Oh, the reason I was not faithful, the reason I was not faithful, is because of this, because of that. There is somebody in that same situation doing the exact right thing. Stop the blame game, just like Adam. What did Adam do? Adam was blamed. It's the wife you gave me. Was it, did they force him to take to, to disobey God? They didn't force him now. He decided to disobey God. Did they put, if I thought it was a physical fruit, did they force him that they would eat the fruit by force? 
He took it and ate it. That it means he did it. So he decided to sin. All responsibilities. If you sin, don't say it's the devil. You sinned. Don't blame it. Quickly repent. You sinned. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't say it's the devil. Like I said, if the devil is as powerful as you think it is, you will not be alive. You sinned. You sinned. Simple. Be very sincere with yourself. You did wrong. You did wrong. You lied. You lied. Oh no! Don't say it's the devil that made you lie. You lied. You decided to lie. So you decided not to follow God's plan for your life. You decided to disobey. It is you. He says, let no man say when he is tempted. He's tempted of God. He said, for God cannot tempt any man. He says, but every man is tempted. Stop the blame game. Renew your mind. It's your responsibility to renew your mind. It's your responsibility to follow the leading of the Spirit. So, following God's plan for your life, see, let me end this series by saying, in following God's plan for your life, it's your responsibility to do it. This is, I think, the seventh session if you listen to this service and you say you don't want to follow God's plan for your life, it is your responsibility. So don't allow your job, your desires, your career, your marriage, your relationship override God's will for your life. Don't. 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 Am I going to make money? Ah, billions of it. But will I do God's will? That's foremost. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't allow your job, your desires, your relationships, your marriages override God's will for your life. Your children also. Because we live in a world where a lot of people focus on their children and say they, they love their children too much, which is not bad. Which every parent should. But they love it at the detriment of God's will for their lives. So you see a lot of people married, having children, and say they are not serving God. They'll say it's because of the children. No. You must learn to be in charge of your own life, right? You put it with God, right? Right? You follow God, but you're in charge, right? Follow God, let God lead you, but you hold up, right? Because let me tell you, you'll give account of your life one day. So renew your mind. Pray, feed on the world, submit in the local church, be carpent, be consistent, grow. You get it? It's your choice. It is you that will do it. Are you seeing it? That bless you this morning. I about pray for yourself today. That you don't allow your desires to control you. Let's be on our feet and let's just pray. Let's pray for ourselves. We will not allow our desires override God's will for our lives. I want you to pray. You not allow your desires to override God's will for your life. You not allow your desires to override God's will for your life. Your ambitions, your career, your relationships, your marriage, your children, your job, 
override God's will for your life. That you are in charge. Pray for yourself. Pray. Lift your voices. Pray. 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 Pray for your life. Hone up to yourself now. Stop the blame game as you are praying. Tell yourself you are stopping the blame game. Pray. Pray. Pray for yourself. Stop the blame game as you are praying. It's your choices. It's your life. Your decisions. Pray. 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 Are you walking God's will for your life? God's plan, God's purpose, God's ambition, God's desires. 